Our reading tonight is from Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. This section is entitled The Armour of God. So Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armour of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled round your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Well, how do I keep going as a Christian? Because it's not always easy, is it? Even in lockdown, perhaps away from a lot of normal stuff in life, it's not easy. There are temptations, there are challenges that we have to cope with. And Paul is telling us today how we keep going, how we win through. So let's just pray and then we'll start looking at this together. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for this passage. Uh, it's very familiar, perhaps to many of us. But we just pray that as we look at it tonight, you will really help us to grow in you and to stand for you. Amen. So we're in Paul's letter to the Ephesians. We're in chapter 6. We started our reading at verse 10, so do keep it open. And we're going to focus on two main points tonight. Firstly, we're going to think about the battle we're in. And then secondly, we're going to think about how we win that battle. So two very easy points, the battle we're in and how we win it. Now it's a bit odd in a way that we are talking about a battle because if you look at Ephesians uh, chapter 1, how Paul starts this letter, it's completely different. It starts off with this wonderful hymn of praise about all the wonderful blessings that we uh, inherit, if you like, through turning to Jesus and the blessings that Christians enjoy through that relationship but when we enter into that relationship when we put our trust in Jesus then actually at that point we've picked a fight with the devil and that's why Paul ends his letter talking about that look at what he says in verse 11 and 12 he's saying there look Christians are people who have chosen to live in the kingdom of light and moved out of the dark world of evil and that moving from light to darkness means that we're fighting with the powers of darkness and the devil himself one of my favourite programmes I hate to admit it is Dad's Army I just love it uh, and the um, one of the recurring themes in Dad's Army is Captain Mannering 
explaining to his soldiers, who, by the way, aren't the slightest bit interested, um, but he's explaining to his soldiers Hitler's war plan for attacking Wilmington on sea. And, of course, well, there's lots of funny sides to that, aren't there? But one of them is that Mannering really hasn't got a clue what's going on. Well, we do have a clue about how the devil attacks us. And that's what this passage uh, tells us. There are three things we can pick out from this passage. Um, one is that the attack is personal. Secondly, that it's continuous. And thirdly, that it's spiritual. Um, just quickly touch on those first two, and then we'll talk a little bit more about what it means to be a spiritual attack. Personal, well, I suppose that's obvious, that's obvious, isn't it? The devil attacks each one of us. But to get some idea of how personal it is, just look at the sort of weapons that Paul talks about when he's talking about the armour. Well, in fact, he really only talks about armour, doesn't he? And the sword. Um, here's the sword. You wouldn't expect a, a sword not to appear on this sort of talk. So there is a, a, a Roman uh, sword, and it's fairly short. Here is a, another weapon they'd have carried. This is a spear, and you can't even see all of that, can you, on the picture? There we are. There's the end of it, and it goes on and on and on and on and on and on. There. That is for fighting at a distance. This is for fighting close up and personal that's that's the idea that Paul has here this is personal stuff and it's a personal attack that keeps on coming at us look at verse 12 Paul talks about the devil's schemes his powers the spiritual forces they're all in the plural if you're a Lord of the Rings fan you might think of orcs at one of the battles like Helm's Deep or something like that this overwhelming sense of of lots of attacks coming at you. So it's personal and it's continuous. But the thing I want to think about particularly is that it's spiritual. Stephen touched on this last week when he was mentioning this, wasn't he? He was saying that the day-to-day -day living stuff, we work that out in, in practice. Uh, and that's kind of the, the physical aspect of this. But behind it, that is the outworking of what's going on inside us. That spiritual attack that Paul talks about here. And if you want to see that in practice, I think you could look at what's happening at the moment in this country with the coronavirus, couldn't you? Because with the coronavirus, there is very clearly some sort of attack upon us, and we can see it. Or we can see pictures of the virus. Uh, and we can pray for people who are are uh, involved with the NHS or trying to fight it. We can pray for those folk who are ill, and those are all good and important things to pray for. But behind that, there's a spiritual attack going on. And that spiritual attack says things to us like, hmm, given the state the world's in, there can't really be a God in control, can there? Or how can a God of love allow things like this to happen? Or maybe we start worrying about what is going to happen to us when we die. Are we scared of death? And so on. Those sorts of thoughts that all come into our mind that cripple our witness and cripple our walk with God. That's the spiritual sort of attack that Paul is talking about here. And of course it sounds very melodramatic, but it really isn't, is it? 
It's very humdrum, it's very ordinary, it's something we're all experiencing all the time. In fact, it's so ordinary, so continuous, the Bible even starts with it. Well, almost. Genesis chapter 3, when the devil goes to Eve and says, Did God really say? Is God really in control, we wonder? Same sort of thing, isn't it? Did God really say? The devil wants us to lose our trust in the Bible, lose our trust in God's word, <clears throat> lose our confidence, and be timid and be fearful. Well, Paul's saying, recognise those attacks, those thoughts, for what they are. It's a spiritual attack. It's the devil, and we need to rely on God's mighty power to deal with it. Now, one person who understood that idea well was John Bunyan. And of course, John Bunyan wrote Pilgrim's Progress, and a number of folk in church are reading that right now. And there's a new film out. And uh, so we're going to look at a clip now uh, that shows uh, Christian, who is um, just, he's, he's been freed of his burden of sin, uh, and he's put on his armour, and he comes face to face with the devil. Come with those you love. Perhaps you'll save yourself. But what of them? I am on this journey for the king. That's a, a, a great clip, isn't it? And it shows Christian in a fight. So here's the question. How do we win that fight? How do we win uh, that battle? And Paul says, verse 11, very simply, he says, put on the full armour of God. So we don't just pick up our favourite bits. Every, every children's talk on this subject always involves waving a sword around. And we fixate on some parts of the armour. But that's not what Paul says here, is it? He says we put on the full armour. The Greek word is panoply. Gets that idea, doesn't it, of that big sort of range of stuff that's available to us. He's not saying put on some sort of defective PPE that might or might not work. A better image is something that um, Jane Patterson was talking to us about the other day in Small Group Central. She was saying that in... Um, in Ricardo Engineering down the road, uh, it really got going when it helped develop the tank in the First World War. Now, people's bookcases are always interesting, isn't there? So there's a book, there we are, behind us here. Um, and of course, the tank was the war-winning weapon of the First World War. Here we are, there's the picture from an old First World War history book, and that shows the tank, doesn't it? 
And they were war winners because they gave complete protection to the soldiers of the time. Once they were in the tank, they were safe. Well, it's the same sort of image here, image here isn't it? Paul is saying, Christians, climb into your tank. God has saved us through, uh, through faith. We are completely safe when we put on uh, this armour. In fact, what Paul is really doing as he works through this idea of the armour of God is he is simply recapping what he said all the way through Ephesians. Good little exercise to do later on if you'd like to read through Ephesians and you'll see all these themes of the armour picked up uh, as, we worked, as we worked through it. So we'll have a look at verses 11 to 17. We'll scamper through it in a way, but just see how these different bits of armour um, overlap with each other. So it doesn't matter where we start, really, but start with the belt of truth. Isaiah 45, verse 19, God says, I, the Lord, speak the truth. Very, very simple, straightforward uh, statement. No deceit, no lie, no falsehood in what God says to us. Which means we can trust God. We can trust God, someone who speaks the truth and does what he promises. And the way he tells us what he promises, the way he speaks to us, is through his word. So we move from the belt to the sword. The sword of the spirit is the main way that God speaks to us. It's actually not the only way God speaks to us. He does speak to us through the promptings of the spirit, through prophecy, through creation, uh, through revelation. But principally, he talks to us through the Bible. And whatever else perhaps we, uh, we may hear God telling us, we can always test it by looking at the Bible his word. And if I look at that word, I will discover that if I put my trust in Jesus, then I'm saved. I'm saved from the consequence of my rebellion against God simply by trusting in what the Lord Jesus has done for me and asking for forgiveness. That is the helmet of salvation. But we don't just have the helmet of salvation. We've also got the breastplate of righteousness. That means that when I'm saved, I'm made right with God. That's how the Bible describes righteousness, really. That means that when we're saved, we're not just saved from one bit of danger, but we are permanently safe. Apparently, some soldiers in these days just had a very small bit of metal covering their heart. And that's not what Paul is using here. What Paul is saying here is, no, this is a complete, solid piece of armour covering the whole top of you. I've, um, I've recently discovered scanners at Waitrose uh, shopping, um, you know, where you go in and you pick up your little gun thing and you go around and you, you choose your beetroot and you click on your beetroot and you scan them into the basket. Uh, and then you decide you spent a bit too much and you think, well, the beetroot better go, so you scan them out again. And you can click them in, you can click them out, scan them in, scan them out. I could spend all day doing that, it's great fun. But sometimes we think God treats us like beetroot in Waitrose. We're in the basket, we're out of the basket. We're in, we're out. Paul says, no, you're not. You're wearing the breastplate of righteousness. You are secure. You're never going to be scanned out of the basket. Ephesians chapter 2, Paul says that when we are saved, we are seated with Jesus in the heavenly places. So we're permanently 
put right with God. So belt, sword, helmet, breastplate. What else have we got? Well, I've got the gospel. It's a gospel of peace. That's peace with God. We are at peace with God because we've asked for his forgiveness. And that is effective because what Jesus did for us. So the righteousness, the saving, the peace, they all go together. That's the great news of the gospel. Hostilities have ended and we are at peace. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 14. Paul says Christ is our peace. That's it. The war's over. There's nothing more to be done. The um, We had VE day the other day, didn't we? And uh, I was looking up in my mum's diaries, we've got a box of them, uh, what she did on VE Day. And I was intrigued, because she did nothing. And I thought, how weird. And then I realised my father, they'd only been married a couple of years, my father was in the East. And in the East the war hadn't ended. It had ended in Europe, but not on the other side of the world. So for my mum... Peace didn't come till the final battle was over. And that's the same sort of idea we've got here. Christ didn't just win a victory, he won the victory. It was the end of the war completely. Complete peace was established between us and God when we turned to Christ. And that gospel of peace Paul describes as our sandal. And we stand in our sandals behind a shield of faith I notice Paul describes this shield as just that it's a shield of faith it's not a shield of stuff it's not a shield of doing good things Ephesians 2 verse 8 Paul says we are saved by faith not by any of our doings and I think even as Christians we still tend to think well we can build up a bit more credit with God We'll get a little bit more in favour with him. If only I do this. I do the flower arranging. I help out with something else. I do alpha. Doesn't make any difference. You know, these shields that Paul's talking about, they were something like, well, they were thickness of a hand. It was that sort of thickness. Hand spans thickness. Ten centimetres is that. And they were the size of a door. Huge things. But Paul never says, well, if you've only got a little bit of faith, <clears throat> you've got a smaller shield. Some shields are better than others. He just says, faith is the shield. And that's really important, isn't it? It means it doesn't matter how weak my faith is. And I don't have to worry about whether I've done this or whether I've done that or what I have to do to get to heaven. It is simply a matter of trusting. Trusting God, trusting in the Lord Jesus. And my future is completely secure. So, we have a helmet, we have a breastplate, we have a belt, we have a shield, we have sword, and we have the sandals. Paul says there are salvation, there are righteousness, God's truth, and his word, and the gospel, and faith. And they all overlap, they all work together to give us that complete protection against the devil. So, how do I win this battle? Got all this armour, what am I supposed to do with it? 
Well, about the time Paul wrote this letter, uh, news would have been reaching Rome of a great victory. Uh, It was a victory that affects us even to this day, because Boudica, or Bodicea in old language, had rebelled against the Romans. She caused havoc. She'd killed, they say, 80,000 people in this country. Uh, she had literally rained down fiery darts, we read about here, uh, on Colchester and on London. And you can still see that in the archaeological record. And then she met a small Roman army. And that army just stood in her way, shields up, and defeated her just by standing and fighting where they stood. And that was the end of Boudicca's rebellion and maybe that's where Paul gets his idea from here because he says what we have to do in our armour is simply stand look at verses 11 to 14 four times there he says stand that means that when we're attacked we don't give in we don't compromise the devil wants us to compromise he wants us to doubt he wants us to hide He wants us to keep quiet. He wants to go along with things that aren't really right. But we remember we have the full armour of God. So I look to his word of truth and it assures me that I am saved. That I am safe, however feeble my faith is. And that I have a great gospel of peace to tell others about. And what does that mean? Well, it means that we are strong. We are strong in God's mighty power. So what are we going to do? Well, we're going to stand. And what are we going to do after that? We're going to stand. And we're going to keep standing. And we'll stay standing, Paul says, after we've done everything. Amen.